The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Gracious God, out of your love and mercy, you breathed into the dust the breath of life, creating us to serve you and our neighbors. Call forth our prayers and acts of kindness and strengthen us to face our mortality with confidence in the mercy of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. A reading from Isaiah. Shout out, do not hold back. Lift up your voice like a trumpet. Announce to my people their rebellion, to the house of Jacob their sins. Yet day after day they seek me and delight to know my ways, as if they are, were a nation that practiced righteousness and did not forsake the ordinance of their God. They ask of me righteous judgments, they want God on their side. Why do we fast, but you do not see? Why humble ourselves, but you do not notice? Look, you serve your own interest on your fast day and oppress all your workers. You fast only to quarrel and to fight and to strike with a wicked fist. Such fasting as you do today will not make your voice heard on high. Is such the fast that I choose, a day to humble oneself? Is it, a day, is it to bow down the head like a bulrush and to lie in sackcloth and ashes? Will you call this a fast, a day acceptable to the Lord? Is, this, is not this the fast that I choose, to lose the bonds of injustice, to undo the straps of the yoke, to let the oppressed go free, and to break every yoke? Is it not to share your bread with the hungry and bring the homeless poor into your house when you see the naked to cover them and not to hide yourself from your own kin? Then your light shall break forth like the dawn and your healing shall spring up quickly. Your vindicator shall go before you the glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Then you shall call, and the Lord will answer, and shall cry for help, and God will say, Here I am. If you remove the yoke from among you, the pointing of the finger, the speaking of evil, if you offer your food to the hungry and satisfy the needs of the afflicted, then your light shall rise in the darkness and your gloom be like the noonday. The Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your needs in parched places and make your bones strong. And you shall be like a watered garden, like a spring of water whose waters never fail. Your ancient ruins shall be rebuilt. You shall raise up the foundations of many generations and you shall be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of streets to live in. Word of God, word of life.
from 2 Corinthians. We entreat you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake, God made the one who knew no sin to be sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. As we work together with God, we entreat you also not to accept the grace of God in vain. For God says, At an acceptable time I have listened to you, and on a day of salvation I have helped you. Look, now is the acceptable, acceptable time. Look, now is the day of salvation. We are putting no obstacle in anyone's way, so that no fault may be found with our ministry. But as servants of God, we have commended ourselves in every way, in great endurance, afflictions, hardships, calamities, beatings, imprisonments, riots, labors, sleepless nights, hunger, impurity, knowledge, patience, kindness, holiness of spirit, genuine love, truthful speech, and the power of God, with the weapons of righteousness for the right hand and for the left, in honor and dishonor, in ill repute and good repute, we are treated as impostors and yet are true, as unknown and yet are well-known, as dying and look, we are alive, as punished and yet not killed, as sorrowful yet always rejoicing, as poor yet making many rich, as having nothing and yet possessing everything. Word of God, word of life. The Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said to the disciples, Beware of practicing your piety before others in order to be seen by them. For then you have no reward from your Father in heaven. 
So whenever you give alms, do not sound a trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, so that they may be praised by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward. But when you give alms, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your alms may be done in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And whenever you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand up and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners so that they may be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees you in secret will reward you. And whenever you fast, do not look dismal, like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces so as to show others that they are fasting. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face so that your fasting may be seen not by others, but by your Father who, who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust consume and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust consumes and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The Gospel of the Lord. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Justin Harrison believes that grief is not inevitable, that you never have to say goodbye, that through technology we can tell death, not today. In his 30s, Justin was in a near-fatal motorcycle accident that made him confront his mortality. Two months later, Justin's mother, Melody, his best friend, was diagnosed with stage four cancer. She was given three to nine months to live. So Justin was determined. He found a doctor who would perform a complicated Whipple surgical procedure, extending Melody's life by three years. During this time, though, Justin set up cameras and microphones to film his mother and record her life story so he would have these memories to turn to when she was gone. But soon Justin realized that he wanted more. He wanted an ongoing relationship with his mother. B. 
beyond death. So Justin turned to artificial intelligence. He took all the recordings and five years of text messages, 2,800 pages worth, and he created a digital audio representation of his mother. Now that she's gone, Justin is able to communicate with his mother's versona, as he names it. He can talk to her, and she replies, kind of like Siri does with some of us. During the podcast that featured this story, I heard a recording of a brief, real-time conversation between Justin and his mother's chatbot. Justin says, all right, mom, I hope you have a great day. I'm going to get back to work. I love you, and I'll talk to you soon. And his mom replies, I love you too, Justin. Don't work too hard and make sure to get some rest. Remembering, remember worrying about things too much is never a good thing. Take some time for yourself and enjoy your day. Now, unfortunately, Justin's marriage ended during this time. And this story is very complicated. To find out more, to read more, I'll provide links when the sermon is posted online. But here's the summary line. Proponents of this technology believe we can disrupt death. I had to sit with this quite a while to think about it in light of my spiritual understanding of human mortality, my theological perspective, and of course, Ash Wednesday, and the strange valentine it gives us today. You are dust, and to dust you shall return. Now, I have a very different story, another story to share. Rachel Rim is a pediatric palliative care chaplain. She tells how Ash Wednesday is the busiest day at the hospital for the spiritual care department. At first, Rachel was kind of baffled how many people, staff, patient, visitors, desired to receive ashes. As she marked a doctor's forehead, she thought to herself, I'm marking you with the sign that you will one day inevitably die, as your patients will. For the first couple hours, she cringed as she administered ashes. Then she had a change of heart. Heart, a good word for today in both senses of it, especially with Jesus saying, wherever your heart is, there your treasure will be. So as Rachel went to the pediatric ward, she saw how this strange ash-marking ritual affected parents desperate for hope and for healing. As she marked their foreheads, she noticed that their eyes closed, their shoulders relaxed a bit, they breathed, their heads bowed in gratitude. Rachel remembers going into the room of a five-year-old girl living with leukemia. 
She made a cross with ashes on the heads of the girl and her parents, a family she had been visiting for months. And as she did that, Rachel felt both dread and unexplainable grace. Rachel writes, it meant something. It meant everything, perhaps, that I too wore an ash on my forehead as I marked theirs. I was not pronouncing their deaths like some kind of prophet or angel of death. I was joining them and inviting them to join me in the knowledge of our universal mortality. In a sense, I was saying, we are all patients here. We are all going to die. We are called to join Christ in his death and resurrection. Perhaps providing ashes on this day was the deepest embodiment of solidarity. Solidarity with the sick and the dying that I possessed, she wrote. When Rachel administered ashes to nurses and to doctors, she sensed that she was letting them know that no matter how hard they tried or how advanced medical science would become, they would fail, that death would eventually come for all of us. And in a small, small way, Rachel was relieving them of a burden too great to carry. Perhaps that is why I and perhaps some of you love this day, as ironic as it seems, because it is the most honest, it is the most human day in our liturgical year. We are mortal, we are finite, we will die, and grief will hurt. It is the price of love. It is the sting of being human. It is what makes life precious. Most of the time, though, we live in denial. Not today, we tell ourselves. We block out the truth of our, our mortality with gadgets or being busy or living as if there are endless tomorrows. But on Ash Wednesday, on this day, we pause we stop, we remember. Remember that you are dust, and to dust you shall return. And then we let the season of Lent do its work on us, turning us from sin to divine forgiveness, returning to the grace of baptism, eagerly yearning for spring, for resurrection, for rebirth, for a sign of hope, to flood our weary bodies, our tired minds, our burdened souls. I have to be honest. Who knows how technology will change what it means to be human in the coming years and decades. Maybe we will be communicating with departed loved ones in ways we cannot imagine. Justin told death, not today. Yet St. Paul writes tonight, now is the acceptable time. Now is the day of salvation. It may not be the Valentine you thought you'd receive today, but it is infused with God's grace, with divine love, with grace that opens our heart to the treasure of life, 
and reminds us that this day is all we have. Dear friends, it is a gift to keep death before our eyes, as the ancients taught us. For now, tonight, we will hold those we love a bit closer. Tomorrow, we will notice the sun, the sky, the lake, the moon, with a bit more awe and gratitude. But right now, with the deep breaths we take, we will cherish this moment, gathered to sing, gathered to sit in silence, gathered to receive ashes, and then to receive the body and blood of Christ for sustenance, spiritual food for our journey to Easter. Amen.
Friends in Christ, today with the whole church we enter the time of remembering Jesus' Passover from death to life, and our life in Christ is renewed. We begin this holy season by acknowledging our need for repentance and for God's mercy. We are created to experience joy and communion with God, to love one another, and to live in harmony with creation. But our sinful rebellion separates us from God, our neighbors, and creation, so that we do not enjoy the life our Creator intended. As disciples of Jesus, we are called to a discipline that contends against evil and resists whatever leads us away from love of God and neighbor. I invite you, therefore, to the discipline of Lent, self-examination and repentance, prayer and fasting, sacrificial giving and works of love, strengthened by the gifts of word and sacrament. Let us continue our journey through these 40 days to the great three days of Jesus' death and resurrection. Let us confess our sin in the presence of God and of one another. Most holy and merciful God, we confess to you and to one another and before the whole company of heaven that we have sinned by our fault, by our own fault, by our own most grievous fault, in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart and mind and strength. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We have not forgiven others as we have been forgiven. We have shut our ears to your call to serve as Christ served us. We have not been true to the mind of Christ. We have grieved your Holy Spirit. Our past unfaithfulness, the pride, envy, hypocrisy, and apathy that have infected our lives, we confess to you. Our self-indulgent appetites and ways, and our exploitation of other people, we confess to you. Our negligence in prayer and worship, and our failure to share the faith that is in us, we confess to you. Our neglect of human need and suffering, and our indifference to injustice and cruelty, we confess to you. Our false judgments, our uncharitable thoughts toward our neighbors, and our prejudice and contempt toward those who differ from us, we confess to you. Have mercy on us, o Lord. 
our waste and pollution of your creation and our lack of concern for those who come after us, we confess to you. Restore us, O God, and let your anger depart from us. Hear us. Almighty God, you have created us out of the dust of the earth. May these ashes be a sign of our mortality and penitence, reminding us that only by the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ are we given eternal life. Through the same Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen.
Accomplish in us, O God, the work of your salvation, that we might show forth your glory in the world, that the cross and passion of your Son, our Savior, Almighty God, have mercy on us. Forgive us all our sins through our Lord Jesus Christ. Strengthen us in all goodness, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, keep us in eternal life. Amen. As we journey towards the renewing waters of Easter, let us pray for the world, the church, and all who seek new life in Christ. Our self-indulgent appetites and ways and our exploitation of other people, we confess to you. For the church, turn our hearts towards our neighbors in love and towards the world in mercy. Hear us, O God. For the earth, bring new life from decay and repair what has been damaged from misuse or neglect. Hear us, O God. For the nations, heal all lands afflicted by sin of greed, pride, and violence, that your ways of peacemaking and unity may prevail throughout the world. Hear us, O God. For all who are in need, especially those we name in our hearts. Send your compassion to those who are weighed down by sickness, grief, or guilt, that they may receive new life and the encouragement of your steadfast love. Hear us, O God. For this assembly, Guide us through this time of Lent, that our works of prayer, fasting, and almsgiving may spring from your mercy and reveal the treasure of your presence. Hear us, O God. With thanksgiving, we remember all who have died in your mercy. Strengthen us to face our mortality with humility and to trust in your promise of resurrection. Hear us, O God. Your mercy is great. According to your steadfast love, O God, hear these and all our prayers as we commend them to you through Christ our Lord. Amen. The peace of Christ be with you always. Peace. Thank you for joining us for this solemn yet grace-filled liturgy of Ash Wednesday, both those in person and those gathering with us online. It is a special joy today that we have members of our Lakeview Lutheran Parish from nearby Resurrection Lutheran Church with us, including their pastor, Kelly Fostich, their um, ministry and context seminarian student, Megan Mong, and our readers tonight, Frank Patrick and Victoria Earhart. 
as well as others of you from Resurrection and others who might be worshiping with us for the first time this evening. If you are a newcomer, we invite you to fill out a yellow slip and place it in the offering baskets, which are at the front and the rear of the church. If you're new to Holy Trinity, I'll explain how communion will happen. The ushers will lead, lead you down the center aisle. The bread will be placed in your hand. I will have gluten-free wafers at this station if you prefer those. And if you would rather have a blessing, you may use this gesture or remain in your pew as well. The silver chalice, then on each side, is a common cup, a sign of unity for drinking. And then the two outside cups are glass cups for intincting or dipping the bread into the wine, and then we'll return by the side aisles. For all of the Lakeview Lutheran Parish, there are several opportunities for Lent that are listed in our various bulletins or e-news or online. Two of them are book studies, and I have those books inside the narthex if you'd like to look at them and sign up. One on Sundays is The Heart of Christianity by Marcus Borg, particularly for those of us who may be wondering about what we believe or what Christianity is to us as adults or as progressive believers. That book is an awesome one to help explore those questions. Then on Wednesday mornings and Wednesday evenings, another great book called Honoring the Body in a world that often doesn't know what to do with bodies or sometimes our Christianity that hasn't been as positive about bodies. The evening event for all in the Lakeview Lutheran Parish is a Zoom event because many of us, after a long day of work or something else, might prefer to be at home for that. And then at 8 o'clock, there will be a brief Lenten online service of Compline. So look for those announcements in your own churches um, and on our various websites. As we now prepare to gather around the Lord's table and receive signs of grace, we sing the refrain, Take, O take me as I am. Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. 
Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right, our duty and our joy, that we should at all times and in all places give thanks and praise to you, almighty and merciful God, through our Savior, Jesus Christ. You call your people to cleanse their hearts and prepare with joy for the Paschal Feast, that renewed in the gift of baptism, we may come to the fullness of your grace. And so with all the choirs of angels and all the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. O God, creator of our wilderness world, O God, savior of the lost, O God, comforter of the sick and suffering, we give you thanks for your everlasting might. We glorify you for your covenant of mercy. For 40 days you cleansed the earth with the waters of the flood. We praise you, O God. We praise you, O God. For 40 days you illumined Moses with the words of your law. We praise you, O God. We praise you, O God. For 40 years you fed your people with manna from heaven. We praise you, O God. We praise you, O God. You became truly human in Jesus, our brother. For 40 days with fasting and prayer, he renounced the power of Satan. On the night before he died, he took bread and gave thanks, broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. Again, after supper, he took the cup, gave thanks, and gave it for all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people, for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. We extol his life. Amen. Amen. We lament his death. Amen. Amen. We celebrate his resurrection. Amen. Amen. Transform us, O God, with your lively spirit. Make this food into manna for our journey, the body and blood of your son. Save us, O God. Save us, O God. Grant us with the Ninevites 40 days of repentance. Save us, O God. Teach us your words of wisdom and justice. Save us, O God. Renew the whole earth with baptismal grace. Save us, O God. Save us, O God. At the last, lead all your pilgrim people through our deserts to your Easter garden. 
To you, O God, creator, savior, comforter, father, son, and Holy Spirit, be our worship and praise, adoration, and thanksgiving, now and forever. Amen. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Only say the word, O Lord, and we shall be healed.
Let us pray. Compassionate God, you have fed us with the bread of heaven. Sustain us in our Lenten pilgrimage. May our fasting be hunger for justice, our alms a making of peace, and our prayer the song of grateful hearts. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. May God, may Christ, who calls you to take up your cross, give you the strength to bear your own and one another's burdens. And may God bless you now and forever in the name of the Holy Trinity, one God. Amen. Remember the poor. Thank you. Thank you.